What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English D, a Detroit Tigers podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Casey, joined by Josh. How are you doing this week, Josh? We're doing good, Casey. We are we are doing pretty good. Long week of uh, very long days, but we're here. Is, we're is here. the answer ever going to not be good? Out of curiosity, are you ever going to throw me a curveball and just say it's not good? Well, I mean, I, I feel like we typically use the podcast as a therapy session for baseball-related woes and not real-life-related woes. And we could make it about real life. We could make <laughs> it about real-life woes. And I feel like this podcast would be realistically six hours long. But Yeah, I don't think people typically have time for that. But <laughs> Oh, what? No, you're, you're kidding me. You know, I just listen to it throughout your work day. I mean, no one's actually working. You know what I mean? Like, just, come on. Someday I'll start a roofing related podcast and I'll have two listeners and it'll be good. Oh man. What is the, what is the minimum amount of knowledge that I would need to know to become a, a inspector on a roof, Josh? Um, well, probably to not fall off a roof would be a good starting. Oh, okay. Spot. Gotcha. So I am not qualified. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds, sounds cool. <laughs> Um, yes, this is a Tigers related podcast, not a uh, roof inspecting related podcast. And uh, yeah, after kind of taking a little bit of a, a week off from the news last week, we have some things to catch up on, like, you know, all-star selections, some weird, uh, you know, updates on Eduardo Rodriguez and Austin Meadows. And then, you know, actually a pretty fun week of Tigers baseball, if they weren't trying to ruin it as we speak. Um but before we get to all of that, what I thought we would do, I'm throwing you a little bit of a curveball, Josh, because I didn't mention this beforehand, but I'm just, I want you to be ready. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I, uh, I have to do some, some listening to other podcasts too. And one thing I think that we could switch around is we usually do like our plugs at the end of the podcast. Um, but I thought, what if we tried doing it at the beginning of the podcast? So a little bit of a, of a harsh, 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 uh, transition here but um and i didn't prepare you for this until literally i just thought about it two seconds ago but uh you know wonder if some of the reason we don't get a whole lot of interaction on twitter or maybe a whole lot of whatever it may be um is because we kind of bury it at the very very end um so just so people are aware we do have a twitter account that twitter account is what josh it is old english pod it is Old English pod on Twitter. I, I, I do think about this on the occasion. I do wonder whether I'm so busy during the day and I'm driving for a lot of the day. And I know you're busy on the phones a lot of the day with your job and talking with people. I do wonder whether some of it is we're not super active on there with like retweeting people and commenting on things. And, and you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's just really difficult for me anyway. I know you, You've, yeah, you've no, I think tried. it's difficult for both of us. I mean, like, realistically, this would be like another part-time job that we're doing, you know what I mean? Like, and we knew, we knew the undertaking, but um, yeah, I think, I, I wonder if, uh, just kind of having it buried there at the end, I wonder if people either click off or whatever it may be. So thought we'd put it at the top. Uh, we also um, have a YouTube. Yeah, we also... We, we need to be, I, I need to be a little more consistent about about transferring everything over there. I've uh, I've said I've been trying to do it and I've... I've failed miserably. I would think we have two episodes up over there. Okay, cool. Well, hey, that's more than zero. And then we have, uh, obviously, on most podcast services around the globe, we got the Spotify's, we got the Apple uh, Podcasts, and then we have Google Podcasts. Um, 
So yeah, I just thought we'd, we'd kind of go over that, you know, at the top here and probably start, you know, doing the rigmarole a little bit earlier in the podcast before we get into everything. But um, yeah, on that note, the Tigers showed some flashes as they do, as this incredibly streaky team does. And they went on a six game winning streak over the last week. What did we see from our boys and why do we think it's, uh, well, been a little bit better the last couple of weeks of Tigers baseball. It's wild what happens when you score runs. It's amazing. <laughs> I And we were talking about it too yesterday, but like even in the games that we've lost since, I feel like we've been in every game but one, the the eight to nothing loss to the, to the uh, White Sox. But it's just, and, and it's not just been because of the pitching. We've we've scored runs. We scored early. Uh, we had one nice nice comeback game. Um, we we came up. Robbie Grossman dropped fly ball away from winning another one versus Chicago. So broke a four hundred and forty game streak. Woo, man, that wasn't on my bingo card. I mean, let's be real here. That record's getting broke pretty quickly. Nobody nobody commits errors in Major League Baseball anymore. Everybody's perfect. oh, I think that oh, that's that's a debate for another time. But I think that 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 streak is sticking around for quite a while. Four hundred and forty games. There's no chance. Did you see that Whitmer is a complete non sequitur? But I'm talking streaks. Did you see Whitmerfield's like number that he just broke of like consecutive games played? Yeah, because like, he he like missed a game for the first time in like yeah, his three big years, toe right? hurt. His big toe hurt. Uh, yeah, like five hundred and eighty some odd games that he just that he just broke. Uh, by not playing in, in today's one of today's doubleheaders, but realistically just one of them was going to break the streak. So yeah, 580 some odd games. Can you imagine that not having an off day in three years. That's so unheard of. These days. It doesn't happen now. Like, I mean, there's, there's really, there's no, I mean like, yeah, like in, in yesteryear and when Jack Morris was throwing a baseball, like, yeah, that happened all the time, but like not now. Oh, that's insane. I mean, what Ripken's record is like 3,000, 4,000. Right. I mean, right? yeah. I mean, now that we just want to talk about records that are never getting touched, that that's one for sure. Yeah. For um, sure. But yeah, I mean, dude, this like, okay. Yeah. We, we go on a six game winning streak. I had one of like the most electric, I don't know. We, we had, we were having like a go away uh, party at one of my friend's house. And, you know, we, we strangely enough, we're taking the entirety of the celebration of, you know, this is the last time we can get together and hang out at this house and drink a little bit. And we were celebrating that by watching the Tigers game. <laughs> like it was one of the weirdest Tigers viewing experiences ever, but it was electric. Like they beat the White Sox and this was Friday's game because then they went on to lose Saturday and Sunday's game. Um, but like, it was awesome. It was one of the coolest TV viewing experiences I've ever had. It was just a group of us, like seven or eight of us. And there were more people at the party too, but like we were the epicenter of said party and we were watching baseball and we're all like under 25 years old. That was, I was like, it, Rob Manfred would be absolutely ecstatic right now. Like <laughs> if he knew, if he knew. And yeah, I mean like my buddy, Troy, he's like, he, he went, obviously went to the baseball game the, the Riley green game that we were talking about last week. And he's been super into the tigers recently, like just better baseball is just so much more fun to talk about, but man, this team, when they're not 
when they're not fun to watch, they're not like good or whatever. They're so embarrassingly bad. It's like, what are we doing? What is happening, guys? It's like the they're so streaky, and it's like this the switch turns on and off at random on on how decent this team can be. It's the team that we saw win six games in a row this week. That's the baseball team that we were expecting opening day. One million percent. And I, I don't understand where it goes, where it heads off to, and for for long periods of time. And I and I think you said it best too at the beginning because you you know you were kind of going into it. it wasn't like that we were playing perfect baseball. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, like it, the pitching wasn't as great as it always has been. You know what I mean? Like, like there was, there was even some bullpen scares in there too. Or like, you know, like, okay, this is getting right. I mean, like, like those six games, like it, it wasn't like a miracle that we won them or anything. It just felt like we were more in control and the Riley green effect is real. I mean, like that is clear as day, whether, I mean, the record, it may not all kind of line up anymore. There was a point when we were like nine and seven, we scored like five and a half more or not five and a half more, but we were averaging like less than three runs without him. And now we're averaging like more than five and a half with him. I mean, it, it's clear to see that the Riley green effect is real. There's true clubhouse depression after he came down with his broken foot. Um, and I was talking to a couple of my friends, like uh, that must've been like one of the most unlucky broken feet to ever happen. Because I mean, if, if he had been on this team from day one, I think the energy that this lineup would have had, I think as much as I hate to say it, the kind of impromptu, maybe less calculated than we thought was calculated trade for Austin Meadows wouldn't have maybe come to fruition. And I, you know, We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean, I think as soon as the clubhouse caught wind of the Riley Green situation, as soon as Torque um, knew he wasn't going to have really anyone to go through this with, and as soon as AJ Hinch knew that his outfield was in shambles, um, the writing was on the wall for this team to not be able to survive through that. And, and, and we were still holding out hope, you know what I mean? Like we were and, and it took a lot, it took a lot of injuries. It took a lot of bad luck. It took a lot of bad things to not go our way, but now we're here and we just got to enjoy the fun baseball that we will every now and again have. Um, I think Javi Baez is one of the most fun tigers to watch in for the last decade. I mean, like I, I, like I know like 2012 goes back to some really good Tigers teams, but even so, I mean, like he is the villain of everyone. And it's so fun to have a player like that. Like, like, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe you can touch on this too, because it was interesting to watch. I think, Badu was like our first taste of kind of like the next generation ball player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred like, percent. Like the, let the kids play kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that was so fun. We, we really never had that. And really, I mean, like we've been bad throughout this whole, like hashtag, let the kids play era kind of thing. Uh, the Fernando Tatis era, if you will. And Badu was like our first taste of like, Oh my gosh, like having this kind of energy, um, you, you know, like for whatever it's worth his his ego is going to take him places. You know what I mean? Like his, his, his swagger is going to take him places. Javi Baez is like that, but then like dialed up to 11 and it's awesome. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's getting booed. Every time he does anything, he's getting 
trash talked by the crowd sitting in the first row. I mean, like, and he's just, he's, he's taking it all in stride and he's just being completely Javi Baez. If he strikes out, he's walking back to the dugout, probably a little bit embarrassed. I mean, I don't know how you want to be, you know what I mean? After kind of being the showboat that you are, but then if he connects with it, like he got a double tonight and like, Oh my gosh. He even got, he was getting booed in Kansas city. Like what, why? <laughs> like, like what do they have against? Him? I don't know. It's like, it's transcending just like the typical, like, Oh, it makes sense that you got booed in Chicago. Cause you're drafted by the Cubs and the white Sox fans hate him. Like it's transcending those things and going to new heights where he's just the baseball villain. He is one of the most fun, uh, low 200 batting average players I've ever seen. A hundred percent. Have we ever, minus Badu, have we ever had a player like that on the Tigers? No, I, I, I can't. I can't I don't remember. Think so. Like, I know it's not the same, but like, probably Jose Valverde is like the last like real flamboyant mm-hmm. Tiger mm-hmm. that we've had. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to say like we we've had the fist pumps, you know. What I mean, we've had like the rowdiness sometimes, but like we've never had like the bad boys version of the Detroit Tigers you know what I mean where this this kind of feels like the the you know late 90s Pistons where it's like oh this team has some grit (laughs) it's it's so fun I like it it's like you were saying it's not something we're used to and I I am I am so excited to see where this can go um we had some concerns and I think regarding Javi I think it's it's totally it's it, we we know what we're getting out of Javi now. We we understand what the Javi Baez experience is all about, and it's I, I'm here for it. Honestly, we knew we weren't getting a perfect baseball player, and that's okay. He's providing exactly what this team needs, and that's a little bit of character, a little bit of personality, and some pretty awe-inspiring moments. Honestly, because offensively, defensively, you know, it's it's been so much fun. And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what there. What else? How else to describe it? Javi Baez is, is is I think probably the you know kind of the the spark that's keeping this team's hopes somewhat alive. I mean, in good and bad, it seems like he's <laughs> he's kind of been as Javi goes, the team kind of goes at this point. But yeah, pretty 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 awesome to watch. Well, and yeah, and I think uh, too, like as much as I, you know, understand that this team really can't put all that pressure on Javi and, and whatever it may be, but like I think of this team if we just had like, you know, one extremely consistent hitter who like you can always depend on, but like, you know, obviously isn't going to have the flair, but like imagine like one more big free agent signing or whatever it is. And then, you know, everything goes right. And we don't have these crazy injuries and, you know, Miggy's still able to contribute and, and Riley green takes off and torque actually has a better second year, whatever it is. I mean, like, like, I don't want to do the thing where like, Oh, we're like one player away or whatever, but it's like, honestly, if this team can scratch across like this team specifically, like, you know, the team that has now two full-time starters on their rotation, um, if they could scratch across 65 to 70 wins, you know, I mean, you put another couple in intriguing pieces in there and a couple other things go our way. We're, we're right back where we wanted to be. And then like Javi doesn't have to be the guy and, and, and there's less 
pressure on torque and i believe that green thrives under pressure even though i mean yeah okay whoa he you know oh no he didn't get a hit or he got like one hit in the chicago series or two hits in the chicago series or you know i mean like he's gonna have slumps like that's whatever and people were kind of panicking about that too um but uh, you know the kid is legit and there's a lot of hope for this team and i know that we we were hoping that the future is now but the future isn't now so you know as much as we can, we don't have to look at the record. We don't have to worry about, you know, if we're going to make the postseason, th- those times will come and we'll enjoy them when they're here. But right now, I just really enjoy watching Javi Baez throw some seeds in his mouth and yell at some really annoying Chicago White Sox fans. Oh, that series was that. Oh, I've, I just wanted to win one more game, dude. Just one. We just want, I just wanted to win this year. I don't care about the streak. That was going to end eventually. We weren't going to win 20 games, whatever. Ramon Santiago shaved his head. Great. Cool. But dude, that's just kind of energy. This team just hundred percent, but just one more game, just one more game of the White Sox series. I wanted to win and I would have been so happy. Alas, they, they couldn't do it, but um, yeah, I, I think truly um, the, the energy that they brought during those six games, the fight that they had, they even went down a couple of times. Um, obviously, the offense was solid. The pitching was there when it needed to be, and the bullpen did what the bullpen needed to do. That's hopefully, if we can get that four or five more times this year, I'm excited. I mean, if we can string together three, four wins in a row a few more times, I, I, we definitely have just a completely different outlook on this team this year than the one we had a week and a half ago or yeah, pre, pre-Riley Green. Uh, I, what are we now, like, in not 10 games under 500, nine games under 500, pending uh, this game today? Yeah, well, no. I mean, we're no, we're quite a bit more than that. We're, 14 still but as of right now we're 14 games under 500 but i mean that's a bigger number than than 10 i think but i know it seems like somewhat close but i guess i see your point right i mean it's it's a it's a little no i I, all i'm saying is even if we even if we somehow manage to scratch together a 500 finish to the year that's we we were staring at at a hundred lost season in the face not a month ago so It's just perspective, I think, a little bit at this point. Like you were saying, it's not a, we're not like gonna rebuild, we're not gonna trade Javi and and no, Javi's gonna, a tiger for life. That's the yeah, way it's I, gonna be. Yeah, he's it a seems, life seems like he's gonna be a <laughs> be a fixture here in Detroit. He might which, opt out and it'll be sad, but we're gonna enjoy these three years, let me tell you. Yeah, but all, all of that to say, it just seems like a setback here, honestly. Just uh putting putting it on pause give the young guys a chance to grow a little bit into, into the roles and kind of go from there. But yeah, yeah. speaking of uh, young guys growing into roles, I mean, Mickey making an all-star team, man, it's, he's got to get you back used to this. Ooh. So yeah, we, we have our final all-star selections and Miggy did make it on technicality. Okay, I, I, let's get this out of the way. He deserved to be in the All-Star game, no matter what. Like, I, I, I get it. The power numbers aren't there. I get it that, like... I was going to say, I 
saying he made it in on a technicality is a big disservice to him because he definitely just oh, to be on the team. I 100% agree, but I'm just saying like it's this new CBA rule and it's kind of weird too because it's like, okay, what other like legacy players I guess are going to be like picked for this? I'm, I'm more interested in it like next year when because you know Miggy and Albert Pujols were were also um was also added to the roster I'm curious like who the next player would be for like the next year selection of like okay so does Miggy get it next year too because he's probably gonna play next year I don't know it I don't know if there's a lot of thought put behind that because it would make more sense if it was Miggy's like swan song but we I don't I don't know how the rule actually works because is it does it is it like a requirement every year they have to pick a player from each league to make it from the committee or is it just they used it one for each each league this year because they have a guy from each league this year see that just seems like a rule for rule stakes i, I my assumption is it's the latter right that it, that they don't have to use it but it's like if this came up to be like they don't want to put it to the fan vote or whatever or or make it a coach's decision so they're just going to add to the roster which goes all the way back to this whole participation stuff and it's like okay what like what does it actually mean to be an all-star do we even like count this as like miggy's was his 13th all-star selection now or whatever or like you know what i mean like that then we're getting a little too crazy so it's like <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. He's an all-star. He deserved to be an all-star. And if this is his last time to be an all-star, which more than likely it is, it's going to be a heck of a time because like he gets to play with JV. He gets to like have his moment probably late in the game when he gets subbed in. Like I expect him to play, right? We're expecting him to play. Oh yeah, I mean. Okay, okay. Like, well, because that I mean, could happen. We're like with Willie the... Horton being like a coach. Yeah, good point. You think they're not gonna 100%. they're not gonna put him in? Very good point. Yeah, no, that's actually a very astute point. I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, no, he's making it into the game. Okay, wait. Real prediction though. Like, what what do you what do you think he does? Does he go like one for two? Does he like does he get a hit? Does he get an RBI? What what are our what are our baseline predictions for McGee? Well, here here's I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little. Uh scouting here on the the national league uh pitchers side. oh here we go okay okay well while you're doing that um soto is also a selection which it's important to note that the tigers haven't had uh two representatives in the all-star game uh for some time for quite some time uh 2017 when uh justin upton and rookie of the year michael fulmer were selected to the all-star game Um, when you were talking about this earlier and we were going over like, you know, okay, when, when was the year that the Tigers had two representatives? I thought for sure it was like 2016. So I just wanted on the record that I, I was like only a year off and I would have never guessed that Justin Upton and Michael Fulmer were our representatives in 2017, but like, it's cool. It's cool that we have two representatives. I, I think that's like, I, 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 there were a couple of people who were wondering if like we wouldn't get a selection now because we already had Miggy, but I'm glad that they still gave us the participation award or whatever it is. But I, I know you have your thoughts, but I, I think Soto was deserving enough. I think, again, I think we went over it a couple weeks ago, like, you know, saves are just a much more attractive uh, stat. A closer is a much more attractive role. 
And while, yeah, we had a couple bullpen arms that we'll get into in a minute that probably had a chance as well. It's so much tougher to like build out their resume in such a way that makes sense for them to make an all-star game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I'm not a good person to have this conversation with because I've never been the biggest Gregory Soto fan. Uh, the only Tigers pitcher that has made me feel worse coming into a game late in the game is Jose Valverde. And I think that was just every Tigers fan felt that way about uh, Papa Grande. Don't forget that there was like 43 straight saves that he did not blow. Okay. I mean, think like if you don't have confidence in that guy, who are you going to have confidence? The in? difference in did not blow a save and made us feel comfortable in not blowing a save is a huge difference. You, you can't tell me that right, but it, 75% of those saves were not sketchy. Okay, 75% is a large number. I, I would have to go back and literally watch those innings beat by Dude, beat. I remember I mean, the anxiety. I, from, okay, from but like watching him jog out of the bullpen I, spit I on either side of the think, bullpen door with his water bottle. And, okay, I genuinely think at any closer in like the, the, the Brewers still get scared about Josh Hader. And he's one of the probably renowned as one of the best closers in, in baseball. That was, that was another question that I had because, and I was, and I was getting there is that might just be a closer thing. That it might is. just be a late percent. in the ball game. We want, we want to win the game. And, and I understand that, but I, it's just Soto's command has always terrified me. Oh, it's awful. It's and terrible. <laughs> I, I think that if you have a pitcher that, has consistently shown that he's going to walk a batter or two, an outing that you really can't have him be your closer late in the ball game. That's my personal opinion. I know it's not a huge popular one, but I, I personally think that Alex Lang should be our, our all-star representative. He's has some of the best stats in major league baseball coming out of the bullpen. He has one of the nastiest two seam fastballs in the game, in the game. According and, to pitching ninja, the yeah. nastiest. <laughs> Too fastball. And I don't, I, I have a bunch of stats pulled up. I'm not even going to like go there. He, he, he grades out in the top five in like fielding independent pitching ERA plus he's in the two hundreds of ERA plus it's, it, he, it's obscene. And the, to be fair, I think Fulmer deserved a look at just at least to be a part of the conversation in this. I think that, you know, to be fair, Sotos has good numbers this year, and he's a closer. Your point is is very fair about you know closers being more uh, apt to be picked just because of the role that they're in. Um, I, I I do think that he deserved to at least be a part of the conversation. But here's the thing: uh, if anybody out of this bullpen deserved it, I think the Tigers' comeback player of the year candidate in in Joe Jimenez deserved a look as well. Because holy so cow. crazy, you're saying. Oh yeah, he's had a fantastic year. I mean, I, I, I think the other two names that you mentioned, obviously Lang and Fulmer, I think they probably had a little bit of a leg up on Joe Jimenez just for pure name recognition. Um, yeah, but Joe's Joe looking. Mean, Joe's looking for his second All Star appearance. Uh, yeah, I think that goes back to the fact that we didn't have anyone else to. <laughs> like, I think in, what 2019 was when he did his did his um, thing, right? I have it pulled up. I think that um, was right around the year. And, 2018. Oh, okay. Shane well, Green was our representative in 2019. Man, bullpens have just been electric for us, haven't they? <laughs> you, if you go by all-star selection, we've had a flipping shutdown bullpen for years. 
<sighs> Holy cow. Um, to, to add to your point, I would be way more excited about Alex Lang. Let's make that clear. I, I, that is who I wanted. That is who I think deserved it. And that is who has been the, the star of the bullpen. But just knowing what I know about all-star selections, and I think knowing what you know about all-star, I think you knew deep down that like, it's going to be Soto. Like that, like as soon as I like loaded the feed and like started looking at Twitter, I was like, no surprise that it was Soto. But here's my question. And I think we both agree on this and it's not, it's, it's more of a, you know, a probably a, a redundant and rhetorical question, but if Lang was our closer, would he be in the all-star game? Yes. Right. And so, and so that, that's my thing. Like he, he could have the same exact numbers. He could have the same exact, um, you know, fielding independent pitching or ERA plus, or, you know, whatever stat you want to go by. And if he just had some saves or if he just made it to the end of the game or, or, you know, like, or was like the last thing you saw at the end, end of the Tigers win or whatever it is, purely that's all it would have taken for him to, to be an all-star, you know, Bullpen arms are extremely fleeting. They're extremely fickle. Um, and there's no guarantee that Lang, Jimenez, and Fulmer have the years that they are having this year. So what's incredibly sad is there's zero guarantee that they will ever make an all-star team, period, full stop. However, I do think that this year is building towards Soto getting traded more than likely full marketing traded, maybe even Joe Jimenez getting traded, which that's like, I don't even know who comes in in the ball game if we're winning <laughs> at all. But like if those three names get traded and Alex Lang, which he will not be traded, he is probably one of those untouchable names. Um, then he is our closer and, and hopefully he can, you know, finish out this year and pick right back up next year and, and start absolutely dominating. Cause this, I mean, you, you know, like you've said it, right? I mean, like this this kid truly has electric stuff. He's on Pitching Ninja every single night or every single appearance that he's in. And um, he, he probably has one of the most disgusting off-speed uh, repertoires in baseball coming out of the back, bend, back end of anyone's bullpen. Like it's up there. It's up there with Devin Williams. Would you agree? Um, I think that's a tough comp. I Williams has this nasty screwball that he throws, and I think that's it's kind of hard to compare. But I think just Lang's movement on his fastball to compare with his curveball, which is just a knee buckler, it, it's it's one of the best combos in, in sports, and I think that's uh, or in baseball. But that's it's a tough comp to Devin Williams, but. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see the turtleneck at the All-Star game. That would have been so, so freaking cool. But Remember, Josh, heat escapes from the neck. I've heard, I've heard. The most, the most uh, heat escapes from your neck. Speaking of Josh Hader, that's who Miggy's getting his two-out RBI Ooh. hit to the other way. It's off of Josh Hader. In, in and like that two-out call is good because he has, like, I mean, at one point he had the highest average with runners in scoring position with two outs. Um, it's probably dropped pretty rapidly because I've seen that stat a little too often and he hasn't done, <laughs> any, he hasn't done anything uh, with it the last couple of times. 
But uh, yeah, no, that's a good pick. Ooh, yeah, a lefty. And yeah, he just takes his little opposite field single and gets all the notoriety. Nope, not notoriety. <laughs> didn't do that on purpose. I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> okay, wait, I have to talk about this. This is the now that now that now that we're here. Josh, did you know that notoriety had a second part of its of its like definition? Because I didn't know this. And not I don't think Justin the other Verlander night when you texted to me. Uh, Justin Verlander like bless his heart because he's teaching us everything i like he he gets this i guess now he gets notoriety because it actually is notoriety because it's like a bad thing but like i don't know he had this interview go up on twitter where like it wasn't like a video or anything but like one of the beat reporters from houston like completely like corrected him in the thing and like didn't even put like because you know like sometimes they'll put like uh Oh, what's that journalist uh, thing? Like, um, it's like a weird, I learned this in college. It's, it's not at all. You know what I mean? It's not E-T-A-L. That's like, and then some or something. Is it like like, sick or something? Yes. Thank you. S-I-C, sick. Um, And like, you know, typically they'll put that if it's like a, if it's like clearly an error, but like they want people to know it's not their fault. You know what I mean? So they'll just put sick. Well, instead of this journalist doing that, she like, puts the definition of notoriety under the tweet and she's like yes we all know that i don't think verlander meant notoriety in this point but it's like what and then yeah you read the definition of notoriety and it's like yeah someone who are like you know getting famous for something that was done like incorrectly or or in bad terms or you know like in bad uh bad taste or whatever it's like what I I always thought notoriety was, was uh, just being famous, like just getting recognition or yeah, just getting recognition, not for like doing something bad or doing something wrong, whatever. Okay. Well, you know, I think the rest of the world doesn't know that because that blew my mind this week. Or we're Um, just dumb and don't know anything. That's also incredibly possible too. We're probably, this will be where we get some comments or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in us on Twitter. If you knew that's what notoriety means. Right. Please. I would, I would love to know because that is just mind blowing. Um, Okay. So we're saying that Miggy is going to get ahead off Josh Hader in the ninth inning and the uh, go ahead run will score because of his RBI. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, it can't, it can't be a walk-off unfortunately since we're in LA at the, at the Dodgers. Right. 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 Of course. But yes, go ahead run. And they're, and they're going to trot Soto out to, to close it. You're, you're not gonna be able to watch no <laughs> no I'm, I'm gonna struggle with that one. Oh man okay real quick real quick real quick um two questions uh one is much lengthier question than the other one would you like the lengthy question or would you like the very quick question uh, let's start with the quick one okay does Pete Alonzo 3p at the home run derby uh no Albert Pujols is winning it <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah yeah Albert Pujols is participating gosh if he even hits okay over under five home runs for Albert Pujols oh give me over he's gonna hit over that's all he hits well right but I mean it's like yeah I guess but he's still like an old man he's like it's... I mean Otani struggled to hit home runs last year dude the amount of pressure on Otani last year I felt have we got so confirmation? he's not doing it again right I doubt it I don't, I, I don't know if we have confirmation either way, but I'm pretty sure he, he came out and said sometime between, you know, last year and this year that he, he doesn't want to do the home run derby again. 
um, which I respect him for. I, I, mean, I don't blame I, him. That was... right. No, 100%. I mean, Miggy never did it. It would have been cool if Miggy decided to do it this year. That would have been pretty sweet. But, I, you know, he, he'll never do it again after what happened to him. Um, did he do it only once or twice? I can't remember. I'm, I'm going to be a bad Tigers fan here. I don't remember him doing it. Is, is, that, is that odd? Uh, okay, well, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm 99%. Okay, well, I'm not going to go that far. I'm 85% sure that he did it at least once. The uh, only did... Tiger that I remember doing the home run derby was Brandon Inge and he didn't hit a home run right in the thing and that was that made me very sad okay we are we are fact checking yeah 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 he did it so I'm just a bad Tigers fan that's okay no no I mean again it's not being a bad Tigers fan he he has been pretty outspoken about um not doing it ever since but in 2010, he was even favored to win. He ended up in like third place, um, but he with like 15 home runs. But that's when the home run derby sucked back then. Now the home run derby is like actually awesome to watch, and like it's like like Pete Alonso is cool to watch too. But like now, ever since they added the clock and Todd Frazier debuted the the really cool system of of the clock and 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 you know not having to just mash home runs for no reason at all but instead being timed um and then todd frazier winning that year it's it's never been the same you know i mean like it's 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 just awesome to watch and it's actually like an event um no but maybe to do it once he should have done it this year because honestly it might be his last chance to do it and there's no reason not to do it i mean like i get it's the not power like his power stroke isn't gonna leave him well, right and like hidden for power this year at all Right. And his whole thing was always like, he, yeah, he doesn't want to lose his power stroke or he makes him think about hitting home runs. He doesn't want to do that or whatever. I think that time has sailed. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be really cool if him and of all people, Albert Pujols were, uh, were representing the American league and the national league respectively, but alas, only Albert. Um, okay. So <laughs> we're saying, we're saying over five home runs. I- I'll take, I'll take the over two, but I, I don't think he gets 10. I don't think he gets 10. That's where I'll draw the line. 10 and a half, as you say. 10 and a half. <laughs> um, okay, and second question. Um, who even are the rest of the All-Stars? Can we go through the starting lineup of, of and, and maybe the starting position players of, of the NL and the, and the uh, AL, respectively? Yeah. Yep, I've, uh, I've got them pulled up here. Uh, we're just going to go in position order. Um, uh, Alejandro Kirk is the starting catcher He's from playing Toronto. His first all-star selection. Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed, but that's we We talk about Alejandro Kirk all the time. <laughs> what a character, dude. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is starting at first. Jose Altuve is starting at second. Rafael Devers starting at third. Tim Anderson starting at second or uh, short. Excuse me. That's his second all-star game. Uh, and then we have Trout, Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield with uh, our good friend Shohei Otani, the starting DH. And then over in the National League, we have Wilson Contreras catching, Paul Goldschmidt at first, Jazz Chisholm at second, Manny Machado at third, Trey Turner at short. And then in the outfield, we have Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson with, uh, well, Bryce Harper was uh, elected the designated hitter, but he's out with a broken thumb. So the replacement is William Contreras, brother of Wilson Contreras. I made a big deal about that, didn't I? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, it's the first time since brothers have been on the same all-star team since like 2005. And it's the first time ever that two brothers have started the same all-star game Hmm. on the same team. That's cool. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the AL should demolish this team though. Right. Like they, they should absolutely demolish the NL. I mean, just the fact that they have judge and freaking and Otani endeavors. And and I mean, like every year I feel like the AL always has some kind of advantage. I don't know if that's just my bias or whatever it is, but I mean, like, uh, even the even the characters I don't like on this team on the AL team, and I'm looking directly at Tim Anderson and Jose Altuve for this. Um, but those guys can still ball. You know what I mean? Like they they like they they are true baseball players. Like they they and and then yeah, you added Judge Stanton. I mean Otani, Alejandro Kirk. I mean come on, like this <laughs> this team this team is rock solid. I don't know who is pitching for us. I know there's a lot of conjecture whether, because I've heard a lot of names on the NL side, AL side's a little bit, um, because the only, the only pitcher that I was reading an article earlier today, the only picture pitcher that, uh, the way the, the rotations are lining up that probably won't be in the conversation is Cole, just because Mm -hmm. I think he's starting that Sunday. Um, so you're on, and I don't options. think Otani's gonna, as much as I want Otani to do, I don't think he will. I don't think he'll start. I think he'll pitch, but I don't think he'll start. I don't, I don't think he'll start either. Uh, if the other options are Nestor Cortez, Nestor please. Cortez, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Alec Manoa, Shane McClanahan, uh, Shohei Otani, Framber Valdez, and Justin Verlander. It's gonna be JV. And I was kind of, I was kind of holding that. I was kind of holding that just to be, you know the guy that I am, but it, it, it's going to be JV. It should be McClanahan is who it no. really should be. No, I, 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 I wish it could be Verlander. Uh, it still may be to Verlander, but it should be McClanahan. He's having an insane year. He's having insane I don't know. one time I saw McClanahan. I mean, again, this is anecdotal and I was only watching one game and I'm not a race fan. So like, you know, whatever, but I mean, they exist. Sorry. Oh, yikes. The, um, the old Tampa Bay Rays, but I was gonna say, I hear, I hear most of them go to Lone Depot Park and watch the Marlins, but I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, okay, yeah. So, do we think there's is there like a scheduling constraint with Verlanders? Like, I know he usually does like six days rest now or whatever. Um, I don't know what, what his schedule is on. Uh, man, I want to be Verlander so bad. it would be so cool, but. I really like Shane McClanahan, dude. Uh, he's yeah, he's in, cool. He's got a 1.73 ERA in 104 innings. He has 141 strikeouts. Do you, with and, 19 and, and so, walks. Do you, do you think that's uh, like what Scooble could be, like his ceiling? Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I like I, I think I see Scooble and I, I see and I mean, I think they're right around the same age or maybe Tarek's just a little bit older, actually, I think. McClanahan's 25. Yeah, and I think Tarek's like 26. Back checking. Yes. Um, um, but I mean, at any rate, like I, 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 I obviously both lefties, obviously both younger on, on the younger side and Scooby's like 200 days older. 
dude, I'm way too good at this stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, he has like, you know, same kind of electric fastball, same kind of off speed stuff, but it just looks like McClanahan has a way more like repeatable delivery. Like, and like, I get it. Like that's just all mechanics and stuff. And maybe that's even luck of the draw because Scooble just, I feel like he gets a little too, uh, as Jack Morris likes to put it, seesawy. Um, but good work, good work, right? Um, but yeah, McClanahan. I mean, he, that dude is insane. But again, the, the one time I watched him, he kind of got destroyed by. I, know, I can't remember what team I was watching, but take I, to be very clear here, I'm taking nothing away from Justin Verlander. The fact that he is oh, no. one of the top five pitchers in the American League, borderline top three pitchers in the American League this year, a year after getting Tommy John surgery at 38 years old. Absolutely unheard of. Insane. He, he, I, if he had not made the all-star game, I would have gone down and rioted in front of Minute Maid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would, have been, that would have been completely terrible. Um, Yeah, we're going to have to do like, a, you know, as we get close to the year or whatever, like we're going to do like predictions on like MVP and, and all in Cy Young and stuff. And I mean, I'm, it's just going to be a in love with Justin Verlander podcast at that point because he's going to win the Cy Young. You heard it here first. Casey Rose, Justin Verlander is winning the 2022 Cy Young. Um, all that to say, uh, we had some news that we need to catch up on uh, of our friends over in Tiger's Land um, that we've neglected to talk about. Slash last week, we wanted to get very excited about Riley Green hitting a walk-off home run, so we just haven't talked about it. Um, Josh, what's happening with our friend Eduardo Rodriguez? Uh, it seems like nobody knows. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, wait, you're you're telling me? Wait, 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 you're telling me that our our marquee starting pitching signing of of the off season, the guy who was going to lead this rotation to Valhalla and 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 be the second coming of Justin Verlander. No, I'm kidding. He was never going to be any of those things, but he was supposed to be a pretty good signing. We haven't heard a single thing from him in his camp. That's what you're telling me. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good. Great. Great. Okay. So, like to update, right? We know that like there's a marital issue, and even that hasn't been like completely confirmed. We just got that through like leaks of, of you know some sports publication. Um, but we know that like there was an Instagram post that his wife put out, and we're not really sure if they're going through a divorce or getting divorced. Whatever, right? whatever it is, we're not really here to comment on that. I get it. Like that can be incredibly uh, one debilitating and, and two probably a lot of time consuming, um, especially if you're like away from your family and all this stuff is happening. And he has kids, right? Like I, I get it. Like there, there are things, there are extenuating circumstances. It just seems like he went about this all way too conveniently. Like you could tell he wasn't really vibing with the team. The clubhouse was clearly not really there. He was kind of hurt. I mean, again, we, he, he was on that rehab assignment. He, you know, a lot of things went wrong. Um, and then he throws a great game in Toledo and then we just never hear of him again. And so all we've heard and all that um, anyone is saying from Tigertown is that, yeah, the agent hasn't even talked. 
No one's heard from Erod. He's in Florida, but like every time AJ's asked about it, he's like, we're just kind of waiting on their move to see what they want us to do. And then even Alavila talks about it and we doesn't. It, it, right, exactly. Like he doesn't talk about it and we, we still don't get any clear answers. Um, do you think there is any possibility that Erod puts on a jersey again this year? Uh, if there is, it is in the low single digit percent percentage wow. numbers. Uh, you have to think, and this is thinking practically about baseball not even about the whole rostering situation, not thinking about, you know, the, how it would melt with the team, him coming back, nothing like that, purely baseball and pitching. He would have to ramp back up. He has not pitched. Mm-hmm. Man, has it been a month, month or two months here now? Yeah, he I mean, not... well, like, yeah, uh, since he's like competitive baseball, probably about three to four weeks. Yeah. So you have to think he's, He'd have to probably start back in Lakeland, right? He'd have to give it on the throwing program, like God and everybody on this Tigers injured list. And he'd have to start over his rehab all, all over from his rib or whatever he was dealing with. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was he was dealing with. And that's going to take a little bit. And we're, we're currently in July. So say it takes him two or three weeks to get back into a throwing program back into a triple a game in august i mean the time's running out here because the season ends beginning of october so i and that's like i said that's not even taking into consideration the whole team side of things and it it i understand family stuff is is weird it's it's very complicated i get it i've i've had to you know i've been a part of weird family situations before completely understand but it's like one of my old bosses used to tell me he's like i understand family is important family comes first just communicate i mean and i think that's a pretty common thing to do as a professional in any in any you know occupation just tell people what's going on, inform people of what's going on. They just want to know. So they know how to plan. Like the Tigers don't care what's going on with Eduardo Rodriguez. They don't, they don't care that he's getting a divorce. None of those guys in that clubhouse no. probably have sure. a, have an opinion on any of that. Mm-hmm. They just want to know what to do with their roster. They want to yeah. know what, for one, that he's okay. Because I'm sure some of those guys actually like are concerned about the man, Eduardo Rodriguez, in this whole situation. And, you know, it's just, it's so weird. It's not, it's not even just Eduardo, it's his agent too. Like, that's just a completely different side of things. Like, you, you would, you would assume, I, I, I don't even know. Like, well, we, I mean, like, not to bring anything this. like this. Yeah, I mean, not, and, I mean, to go to your agent point, like not to make this like a, you know, compare it to to any kind of like domestic violence or anything like that, or, you know, because like, we're, we're pretty confident that situation hasn't come up. But like, even when like terrible things like that happen, or like drug act, like drug abuse accusations start coming out when like, you know, PEDs are, are talked about, there's still a quote that comes out, a lot of times, you know, communicated through the agent, 
And so that like it can at least make their side of things look a little bit cleaner or like a little, I mean, like realistically their, their agent, you know, have their side of the story out there. Right. The E-Rod's agent has a lot to do in this situation where it's like, there's a lot of bad will between the fan base and E-Rod now. And it's like, it's kind of the agent's job to at least be able, and and clearly E-Rod has made it clear that he does not want his agent saying anything. I think that's, I think that's pretty clear Mm because otherwise I think he would try and clear E-Rod's name and ergo clear his name. Um, but typically there's only good things that can come out of that possible statement that comes from the, the player's camp, but like, we're not even getting that. And it's like, Oh, this is pretty much unfound or like completely un um, uncharted territory. Um, the other thing too, and this got me thinking a little bit when Al was pressed on this, the word, or the, I guess the phrase, voided contract came up, um, and, and it, Al was quick to like, oh, we haven't gone down that road, or like, whatever, and it, it kind of got me thinking, and, and this is what I was kind of searching earlier. I was doing some research on like, has there ever been a voided contract in, in baseball? Um, and I, like, I mean, it, it's tough, it's tough to find, and, and you know, you'd have to kind of start digging through Google, and maybe even dust off some history books or whatever. But from what I can tell, um, there has been talk of it before. And I have a couple either corroborated reports or uncorroborated reports that maybe even A-Rod's contract was voided at one point because of all, and, it, and exactly that, like it, it all stems from two places, PEDs and uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like, I went back and, and when I did some, you know, quick, quick searching, um, uh, one of the articles that came up was back from, you know, when Ozuna, uh, Marcelo Ozuna from the Braves was dealing with all of his uh, domestic violence issues. And this is from an article like back in, uh, tw- yeah, 2021 uh, when he wasn't playing baseball. But Ken Rosenthal made a quoted from one of the uh, Ken Rosenthal of the athletic um, quoted from one of like the stipulations in the then CBA um, and like the joint collective bargaining agreement between the players union and professional baseball, major league baseball um, that says quote, the uniform player code. And that's important to note that's all in caps. (laughs) So it's a thing like it's the uniform player code. Uh, in baseball says that a team can terminate a contract if a player shall quote fail refuse or neglect to conform his personal conduct to the standards of good citizenship ellipses it all it also allows a team to terminate a deal if a player shall quote fail refuse or neglect to render his services dot 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 in any material manner that may breach this contract end quote technically end quote again that's fascinating because then you kind of start taking this at like a a, a court of law situation very legal right kind of right and, and and like that makes sense right i mean there's there's all that verbiage is is all of these contracts right i mean there's there's we we don't even begin to see the pages and the mountains of pages that go into these player contracts but that is kind of interesting. We're like, there is some clauses in there where it's like, wow, I've never even thought about what it would take to void a major league player's contract. But 
there's possibly a way in specifically applying it to this Erod situation. That second part that says it also allows a team to terminate a deal if a sh- player shall quote fail, refuse, or neglect to render his services. Like, I mean, that's exactly what Erod's doing. <laughs> like, I get it. There's extending extenuating circumstances, and, and the Tigers have to pretty much explain away a lot of this stuff and, and prove that this is what he's doing. But I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. He's completely healthy from what we know. And he's even said he's completely healthy. And yet he's choosing to not be on the team and it's unpaid. And it's not like there's any financial issues or like whatever. And I don't think we're necessarily close to needing to void Erod's contract, but it is super interesting that, 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 that one could be a possibility. And two, um, the language is clearly in some of these contracts to have that happen. Any thoughts on that? This is something that's going to, if it happens, it's going to happen very, very suddenly out of nowhere. We're going to have no warning. It's going to be, we're going to wake up some random Thursday morning and there's going to be a tweet from one of the beat writers that says, the Detroit Tigers have voided Eduardo Rodriguez's contract. Eduardo Rodriguez's agent, Gene Matos, is go is uh, appealing or is ta- is suing the Tigers or something cool. to that effect. And I can't say that I would blame the Tigers at this point. Clearly, we don't know all of the details. Who knows if the Tigers even know all the details? I think it's clear they don't. But. It's just so weird. We've I've never heard of this in baseball. Period. This whole like it being for personal reasons and then just like going off the grid, like that whole side of it. I didn't even know I, you could. I didn't know that was a thing that you could do. Like I get like the, like like for instance, like there's maternity and, and realistically paternity lists. You know what I mean? Like where you know even Candy, he went on leave last year. Um. I think his grandma passed away and like, mm-hmm. he was completely, you know, like condolences out to candy. He was completely uh, forthcoming with the tigers. And like, he's like, Hey guys, I need a couple weeks. And that was weird. Right. I mean, like, like the, the public didn't really get to know about that, but it was handled much better than this situation. I think one of the reasons that it's been handled so poorly by, you know, both parties by the tigers and by Erod is because the tigers just truly don't know what's happening. And when you don't have a lot of answers, that's when you start having to like, you know, either sugarcoat things or come up with better answers that you think are true, but are probably not true. And probably farthest things from the truth. And just because you feel like you have to give an answer, that's when you get in trouble is when you, when you just have zero idea what's happening and you just kind of start making up things and you can kind of see some of that word salad come out from the Tigers. And I think that's one of the reasons why they just truly have zero idea what's happening. Um, and, and probably the, the communication has been so mixed. I, I truly hope that he can come back. I think you're right. I don't think he comes back this year, but he can come back next year. We can put it all beside, like behind him, um, put it all behind realistically all of 22 all behind us and come back refreshed for next year. But it is unfortunate to lose one year out of a five-year deal that's costing the Tigers, you know, $60 million over the course of that time. Um, and again, I mean, it's, it's, it's not costing us money on the onset right now, um, but that, those funds at some point are guaranteed. Like, I mean, like I, I haven't taken a look at all of, the, all of the stipulations of his contract. He has a few opt-outs, but there's, there's money in that contract that is absolutely guaranteed to him, no matter what. Um, unless the 
sounds like unless the contract is voided. <laughs> and so, right, right. um, and, and so it's a, it's a situation that I don't think the Tigers foresaw themselves being in and incredibly unfortunate situation. Um, on the same kind of note, speaking of another <laughs> player that has a weird hex from the AL East. Okay. The, the Rays knew. The Rays knew. You're going to sit there and tell me the Rays didn't know about the Austin Meadows plague. Like, like double what? sprained Achilles. <laughs> When's the last walk. Time He's actually in a wheelchair. <laughs> Who gets pulled from a AAA game for soreness in his Achilles? I, I mean, I, 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 and, and I think to your point too, I mean, like they're, they're still trying to get him to come back. I mean, and again, it's important to put into context where we're at in the season. The all-star game hasn't happened yet. Uh, to be fair, the all-star game is also a little bit later than it is usually this year, about a week later than it is um, typically. And uh, calling it a break is a little bit generous as well. Cause then you're like right. Two okay. days. Well, this is just, it's just typical nomenclature. I'm just going by what it's usually called. You're right. There's like two days and then we have a double header with the Oakland athletics it is what it is. Um, but I do still think that Meadows can make it back. I mean, you know, like ramping up your Achilles isn't as difficult as ramping up your pitching arm um, True. to, to bring it up to Erod standards. Um, but like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I, it's, I've, I, I don't know if you saw this and I meant to send it to you and I don't, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but have you heard, have you seen the, the clip of our, our good friend Isak Paredes after he hit a home run recently for the, for the Rays? He said the Tigers are idiots as he came into the dugout. He said that or someone he said in... it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That, I thought it sitting... I thought it was one of the teammates. I thought it was one of his teammates that said it, this. It was it's it's impossible to say exactly who it was because well, because he doesn't speak very good English. I don't yeah, I don't know. I I it could have been. But... He's facing away from the cameras, so it's yeah, impossible to tell whether it was much. actually him. Mm-hmm. But no, like I think I truly think that. If Austin Meadows can put something together and maybe have a fine rest of September or, you know, like join us in September or whatever it is, then that's fine. We can turn this trade on its head. But right now we're going to have to hit a home run at some point. Okay. Well, then we'll, again, we'll, whatever. We'll, we'll take a, we'll take a fine average than, than what it is. <laughs> um, but the whole Isak thing and Isak hitting like 20 home runs or whatever number he's at right now, it does really add salt to the wound. And, <laughs> and, and, and like, it's just, you, we made jokes about it when it happened. Like we, we did, like we, we have that on the record of that happening and that's all they were. They were just jokes. Like, like, uh, I, I don't know if anyone thought that he was going to have 10 plus home runs or, you know, I mean, like, like you can't predict that stuff, but I mean, unfortunately it's just sometimes the way this stuff goes, I think Al Avila actually had some good points to say about this the other day. I don't know what interview this was a part of, but he, he made a fine point and said that like, you know, we gave up a good player for a good player. Like that was, that's what trades are. Like I know people thought that like Isak was kind of washed up or whatever, but we're talking about a 24 year old or, you know, like maybe he was even younger than that, like 23, 24 year old who hadn't come into his own, who had less than 500 major league at bats and had zero opportunity with this team. 
that's what a trade is. Another team saw a lot of potential and we thought we were liking what we got back. And again, I still think there's potential in, in Austin Meadows. Um, but I think that's sometimes just the, what it is. I still think that's one of the best trades that Alvio has ever made. And I, I don't think you can, you can ever say that it wasn't. Um, I think we got incredibly unlucky as the Tigers do. And I think that the Rays did know something that maybe we didn't either didn't cross all of our T's and dot all of our I's or like our medicals. Like, you know, I, I know that's like a whole other side of this thing, but like maybe we didn't see something or like someone didn't catch something. But I, I do truly think that that the Rays knew something and that that, that they were ready to dump such a, I mean, surely he's like a perennial all-star. I mean, he, he was the catalyst in their lineup. And, and one of the, the big reasons they went to, as far as they did in 20, it wasn't 2021 because he wasn't as great, but 2020, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so whatever, whatever it is, or, you know, if it is just chalked up to bad luck, Awesome Meadows needs to figure out whatever's wrong with himself. <laughs> And, and two needs to come back and honestly, we're at the point where he has to earn his spot back because this is a crowded outfield. If they don't trade Robbie Grossman, there is no room for this guy, period. I, I I'm, I'm willing to say it because we have at this point four contributing is a tough word to use, but we have four outfielders that are, that are doing things on a regular basis that are keeping them in the ball club keep them on the ball club. And I know you have your thoughts about Willie Castro. I, he got another flipping base hit tonight from, you know, and I haven't been watching um, like live, but I know he got a base hit and he's again, been contributing and Robbie Grossman probably if someone wants his contract should be traded. Um, and Riley Green's going nowhere. And Victor Reyes, I still think is a very key component of this, of this lineup. Um, it, there's no other outfield spots. There's just, there's not. And so I think he has to earn a spot back. What do you think? I mean, we've seen it. Akil Badu is tearing up AAA right now. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. And I didn't bring has, up Akil. Yeah. And he's, he has no, like, there's no spot for him. It's, and I, I've had my say in the past about Willie Castro. He's played a decent outfield and he's hitting, you know, on par with everybody else in this lineup, at least. So, like, I've got nothing to say about, about Willie Castro. It's uh, he. It's so frustrating because I feel like a lot with a lot of these hitters, it's like none of them are doing fantastic, but also none of them are doing well. None, but most of them aren't doing like the worst. So you can't sit here and say, "Okay, Willie Castro, he's been the one that's underperforming on this team, so he should probably have to triple it." Well, I mean, they've all kind of been underperforming in, in the same way that he's been. So I, I don't think that's and, and we're completely forgetting about uh, Cody Clemens, who can also play the outfield. So, I, it, oh, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, it, and who is also kind of hitting too. I think he's coming more for Torque's job than he is anyone in the outfield. But yeah, I, your, your point stands. I just don't know where where the Tigers go. They have too many mediocre players. Oh, one million percent. Not yeah. not saying like just like count counting out like Green and 
Right. I mean, we know who you're talking about. Those, those like, you know, kind of middle of the, the road, you know, one quad a players. Types. <laughs> right. Right. Triple or quadruple a players. Um, no one knows who they would be if you're not a Tigers fan, but you're like, man, they, you know, they've come together. <laughs> like they've, they won a ball game, both some ball games, like you know, the Harold Castro's of the world, the Willie Castro's of the world. Um, I, you know, I, I do think whenever he does come back off the all-star break, which is pretty much guaranteed at this point, um, I think he gets a couple starts and I think they're going to try really, really hard for him to hit the ball. And if he doesn't contribute pretty quickly, I, I, He's not going down. He's not going triple A, but he's got to split time with someone. We're talking Austin Meadows here. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, oh you're saying yeah, him. He's say he. And I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Pronouns. Uh, important to important to state who I'm talking about. Yes. Austin Meadows. Um, he he probably has to contribute pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and he's a lefty too. So, I mean, like he, he, it's a perfect platoon opportunity, but I mean, not what we want, you know I mean? Not, not kind of what we were hoping for on Austin Meadows, but you know, I mean, realistically someone else could hit against lefties. Yeah. Um, as far as where we're going this next couple of weeks and realistically in the next week of Tigers baseball, we have again, all AL central games. Uh, we are probably going to lose this doubleheader and probably get swept because we're currently losing uh, update. Uh, what is it? It is seven to three now. Yeah, they scored. They scored two more runs. Um, so we're probably going to lose both doubleheaders and that's or both games of the doubleheader. And that's super sad. Um, kind of going back to the streakiness of this Tigers ball club. But we have two games left against Kansas City and then we have a Cleveland series, four game series. And then we're in there, quote unquote, all-star break. <laughs> and then, all-star um, week. right. Sure. Well, okay. You can't call all-star week either because it's two days. It's just the week of the all-star. Game. That's just... oh, okay. You're going to, you're going to pick on mine for being, it's a quote unquote all-star break. <laughs> I mean, like it's the most break they've had in 20 days. It's, it's, a, it's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, then we have that double header against Oakland. So, I'm saying a win for this team would be two. these next two Kansas City games like are a must win. And then we win the Cleveland series, but I would love to sweep the Cleveland series, but it's not going to happen. What are your thoughts? Did we, I'm struggling to remember it. Did we sweep Cleveland last time we played them or did we lose one of those games? Cause I feel we've lost one of them, right? Uh, it was the double header. Um, no, we swept them. Okay. Back-to-back sweeps against Casey, or uh, against, they, they uh, were Davis? the beginning. They were the beginning. The, that doubleheader was the beginning of the six-game series, the six-game streak. Nice, nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, They're coming back for blood. Oh, <laughs> and on that point too, I meant to bring this up. The whole uh, if this whole Amir Garrett and Javi Baez thing does not implode by uh, Wednesday at uh, three p.m., uh, I'm going to be incredibly upset. <laughs> yeah, we need I, to do that. <laughs> If Javi gets suspended, I'm kind of okay with it because that means we got to see some fireworks. Fireworks, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh, the like the the retelling of that, or like there was some there were some influencers like baseball Twitter heads that did some recaps of that whole fight or like their whole history. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is brewing. They're like they hate each other. Oh, it's so exciting. 
We've never been so excited to potentially see a brawl ever. Oh, like, well, there's some of the most fun times in baseball. Like, I mean, you get to get to watch the most random things ever. And then the best part is the bullpen all run out from the, <laughs> run out from the field whatever. So the maybe Tigers, we'll see that. Yeah. Tigers typically don't do that. I mean, like the, we've had like the best known Tigers brawl was Tigers Yankees, right? Like the Miguel Cabrera, uh, Austin Romine brawl right yeah before austin romine was a tiger was a tiger which was real <laughs> odd yeah weird, weird um yeah no i think uh i think seeing amir garrett and javi Baez go at it would be absolutely fantastic and i think honestly it's kind of what this team needs um but you're right that this team typically doesn't partake in that i i think aj's trained these guys a little bit a little bit more than that but um any specific thoughts for uh, for this week of games or anything that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward, and we didn't touch on it because we kind of ran out of time. We uh, went, went a little deep on some stuff, but I'm excited to see what Scooble can do on his next start because he mm-hmm. had a rough mm-hmm. first inning, his last start out, and then dominated the rest of the rest of the start. So I'm hoping to see a little more continuation from his from his last few innings, uh, the last time out. Uh, I still think that he gets some Cy Young votes this year. I'm going to, I'm going to stick on this until the game 162. I still think it's, it's, it's in the cards. He's, there's a fantastic pitcher in there. He had a little bit of a down stretch the last four or five starts. You're only human. He's only human. I think, I think he comes back from it and he has a, has a good, uh, has a good finish here to the, to the first half. So. Yeah. I I think uh, he did a great job just kind of quickly, you know, like, nailing down his mechanics in that game because it was it was another game where it's like oh yep we're down two to zero here we go and no credit to him he made it a, a great start and it just goes to show that like I'm like you you really cannot go by the first inning of a of a pitcher's start especially starter like the the first inning is incredibly tough and especially they can the typically true especially tigers but if they're really good they can just for some reason go to some mental place and say all right that's all they get and then he dominated the rest of the game so yeah you're right kudos to Kudos to Scooble on that one. Um, yeah, I think that's all we have for tonight. Um, obviously, thank you guys so much for listening. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, until next time, go Tigers. <laughs>